Welcome to the HR Happy Hour Show with Steve and Trish. Trish, I had a very um, unhealthy breakfast today. Oh, goodness. Which led to the question of the day, which is this, Trish. What is the best snack cake? I'm thinking Twinkie, Ring Ding, Ho Ho, Yodel, Moon Pie. Trish, what's the one? What's the best one in your opinion? Okay, I'm going to go Ho Ho. I, I, I don't think I've bought one of those cakes in probably 20 plus years, what? but I remember as a kid, we had a hostess factory here in St. Louis. I don't think it's still here, but at any rate, That's a shame. that was the big field trip of like elementary school was when you finally were old enough to go to the hostess factory and they gave us ho-hos at the end and chocodiles. So wow, the chocodile. I felt pretty special. You're, you're, you're reaching yeah. deep into the archive. That was kind of the chocolate covered with the peanut butter, right? The chocodile? No, just chocolate covered no. Twinkies. Oh, chocolate covered Twinkies. They're all good, right? Well, they are all good. Let me ask you, a, I have a cupcake question for you. The hostess cupcake. Yes. Do you leave the top frosting on or do you peel it off? I leave it on. I eat I it. I peeled it off. Mm, that's controversial. <laughs> all right. So what's your favorite? What's your favorite cake? And then we'll have to get our guest on here and weigh in as well. I'm probably- Are you going to go like Little Debbie or Zinger no, or something? No, I'm not a Little Debbie person at all. So I, I, would go, I would go Twinkie probably, very traditional and classic, but put them in the freezer, Trish. Freeze your Twinkie. Really? And eat them, eat them frozen. That's a frozen delectable little treat. Okay. All right. So we will ask our guest in a second uh, how he feels about this whole very important topic. But uh, <laughs> before we get into it, though, I want to make sure we thank our sponsors. This is one of our last shows of 2020. And we do want to thank the folks who've made uh, a great year of HR Happy Hour shows possible. First, our friends at Work Human. The world is watching the leaders of today and tomorrow. Modern employees want a workplace where they're respected, seen, appreciated, and heard. And they are demanding it. Employees have the right to a human workplace. You have the power to create one and thriving organizations like Cisco, Merck, and LinkedIn have realized the immense benefits of putting the human at the center of work. Get your copy of the book, Making Work Human on Amazon and discover how. And listen back to our podcast with Derek Irvine where we talked about that book. And we're also sponsored by our friends at Paychex, one of the leading providers of HR, payroll, retirement, and insurance solutions for businesses of all sizes. While 2020 has challenged HR leaders like never before, they continue to play an important strategic role in their organizations, while also fueling efficiency, building culture, and developing teams using the latest technologies and tools available. The fourth annual 2020 Paychecks Pulse of HR Survey provides an in-depth look at how HR professionals are contributing to the success of the companies they serve with nearly nine in 10 saying they have a voice in overall company strategy. Go to paychecks.com slash Pulse 2020 today to download your copy of the 2020 Paychex Pulse of HR Survey Report. And also go there to learn about what we're talking about today, Trish, your favorite subject in mind, payroll, and yes, more importantly, year-end 2020, year-start 2021. We did this show last year with our friend and our guest today, Tom Hammond, who is the Vice President of Corporate Strategy and Product Management at Paychex. Tom, Let's talk payroll year end and year begin. But first, Tom, welcome to the back to the show. How are you? I'm doing great, Steve. Thanks. Nice to have you. Or nice to be with you today. Nice to see both of you guys. Great. Do I get to, to weigh in on the uh, little Debbie. Yes. I, I hopefully you had you had now you had about two minutes to think I about did. your answer. So let's have I it. I feel like your answer is going to be really different too. No, it isn't. That's what's frightening. <laughs> Um, and funny enough, my son Griffin is nine years old, and he and I had a discussion yesterday because there's actually a 
ho-ho-like Christmas tree that is available now on the market. I think it's Little Debbie. We're down to the last one in the box. And he was arguing yesterday whether I, it was mine or whether it was his. We were going back and forth. <clears throat> so I gave I it to that. him. But he then came out with the box and said, what are these oatmeal pies? Which, you guys oh, remember that? The those are pretty good. Yes. Very good. Also good in the freezer, Steve. So I like your concept. Yeah. Uh, okay. Those were my faves. And I absolutely tore the uh, the top of that cupcake off, Trish, mm. exactly like you. Did so 100%. you? Oh, yes. Okay, good. That was, to me, the, um, the, the powerful ending to that nice cupcake. <laughs> All sugar. All sugar rush. Exactly. All right. Yeah. Good I also stuff. kind of like Star Crunch, I think it was called. Those are, those are good in the fridge. I've never tried freezer. You guys might have just inspired me to like go and you know, hit up the uh, grocery aisle of all the different things, even zingers. I'm going to go all the way. I'm going to try a little bit of everything, maybe. (laughs) I know we're talking payroll year end, but I'm telling you, Trish, we should do a whole show on this because I I mean, I could go down the rabbit hole on snack cakes, I feel like. so. uh, The snack cake episode. We'll save that for our other other podcast, Snack Cakes Today. Yes, my other podcast, Snack Cakes Daily. So that'll be great. So Tom, Paychecks uh, has provided a list, I mean, tons of great resources. We'll put links at the end of the show to all the resources you guys have out there. Uh, there's a year-end checklist and guide. There's a best practice article for year-end, et cetera. But let's maybe just talk a little bit more broadly about getting ready for payroll year-end. And mm-hmm. what are some of the, the things that payroll professionals and HR professionals, maybe if in a smaller company, someone's doing both, right? HR and payroll. Uh, yeah. What do they need to be thinking about, particularly this year as we head into year-end? Yeah, as with everything else in 2020, I think year-end is going to be really complicated. Uh, It's complicated to begin with on a normal traditional year, but I think the impacts of COVID are going to make it even more of a challenge uh, as we round out 2020 and head into 21. But when I think of preparing for year-end, I really see that as four actions that are really vital to ensuring that you have a successful year-end. Uh, So I'll go through each one of them and then spend a few minutes giving you a little bit more details if you guys are okay with that. Yeah. Uh, first, Absolutely. first, uh, first action is making sure uh, that you have the latest information about your employees and your contractors, uh, and make sure that that's loaded in your payroll uh, application, your HCM suite. Uh, and really, the net on this is if you're missing any information, the the Fed and the states are really on this now because of the uh, the vast array of data that's required. If you're missing or if the data is inaccurate, it can come with a penalty. Most folks don't know this. And it can be expensive pretty quick. It goes up to about $270 per return. So this could really add up if you don't have the the latest information. We'll come back to that. Mm -hmm. The, The second is you need to make sure that you have reported all the appropriate information uh, to the payroll team, run it through payroll so that the uh, the boxes on the W-2 can be applied correctly, that your taxation is appropriate. And that's going to be really key over the next 10 days. Uh, then third, there's an informing function uh, with uh, the employees, making sure that the employees understand benefits that may carry over, benefits that don't carry over. And we'll come back to that. And then last but not least, it's prepping for 2021. So what data do you want to put now, do you want to make sure that you have articulated and put into the payroll application so you're ready to roll with that first check date in January? So it's okay. You want to walk through each one of those in a little bit? Yeah. More so what are, so, I mean, I'm intrigued too on, on action number one, Tom. Like, uh, what are some of the things that are typically missing? You know, when you said make sure you have all the information that you need, et cetera. And it's like, I wonder, like, what, what, 
what are the kinds of things that sometimes trip employers up that they don't have and they maybe don't realize it until it's a little bit too late? Yeah, I'd say two things. The first is uh, inaccurate tax identification numbers, whether it's a social security number or a, uh, a TIN number for a contractor. And that usually comes through with a incorrect letter that comes directly from the reporting agency. Uh, so that usually comes as an after the fact initiative. To get ahead of that, it's really where a self-service application comes into play. If you could push your employees to say, I want you to log onto your mobile app. I wanted you to validate the demographic information about you and make sure that we didn't cap, uh, miss anything. Uh, with qualifying events, that's another element where, okay, did, did we get the last name updated for anyone who uh, uh, had a qualifying event, a marriage or divorce? Uh, and is the address up to date? And do I have the appropriate email address as well? I want, to, I want the viewers to think about COVID. The implication, the first implication of COVID with a distributed workforce is, as I'm going to distribute my W-2, if I don't have the appropriate email address to send you the link to that, or if I have the wrong physical address, that's going to be a real challenge. And it, and it usually manifests itself in a lot of phone calls and a lot of back and forth. Hey, I didn't get my W-2. Where is my W-2? And you end up finding out that it's kind of rooting its way through the system uh, because the, the data was inaccurate. That's probably the, the okay. most common Perfect. scenario, Steve. Yeah, I think too, good point about all that because it's better to think about that now before, before mistakes have happened and it's on some sort of an exception report. Because again, I've been on kind of the other end of that in the past with teams and it's like trying to go through an exception report is, is much longer than if you just try and get the right information to begin with. So great, great points. Yeah, the self-service um, are... that you and I talked about with our HR tech is really, you can unlock and simplify this uh, so much with just leveraging the tech that's available. And if you don't have access to it, then finding uh, a provider that can get you access to that mobile-enabled um, employee validation of their information. Absolutely. And I think, too, going at it this time of year... Again, you've still got several weeks. I know a lot of times I talk to HR leaders and payroll leaders and they feel like it's too late. I've waited too long. And really right now we're trying to catch it before it happens, right? So right. it's all about prevention, making sure you're highly prepared and definitely using the technology that you have. Or to your point, if you don't have technology that handles that, making sure you're, you're now switching to a provider that can actually help you through that. Because this is, I mean, as you're going to dive in even deeper, I know we're going to talk about so many other changes, not just due to COVID, that's part of it, but just in general, you know, just different legislation changes and things like that that are going to really impact your employees. And I know it's such a stressful time of year for everyone anyway, but especially if you're in an HR leadership or payroll leadership role, I remember it being very stressful, trying to make sure that we had everything out to the employees they needed in a timely manner and accurately. So, no doubt. Well, why don't we go on into into the next one you mentioned? Um, can you maybe dive in on that the second point a little bit and let's yeah. talk through some of the things that they can be be doing with that as well? Yeah. Once you've actually validated your employee information is there, your contract information is there. Now it becomes making sure that all of the appropriate reporting for that individual employee and or contractor has been entered appropriately in payroll. So there's a lot of different elements of this that add to the complexity to it. Uh, there's a number of businesses that do, uh, that have voided checks. So I paid an employee, uh, that employee um, has not uh, cashed a check or I've corrected a check, but I haven't um, adjusted the figures in payroll. Uh, that absolutely needs to be done before the cutoff at the end of the year, or you're going to have an incorrect W-2. 
then you end up with a number of adjustments, things that are taxable uh, scenarios on payroll, things like uh, group term life. So the cost of group term life is a taxable benefit that's reported on the W-2, needing to define what the calculation is for that and report that if it's one of the benefits that your company uh, offers. There's tip allocations for restaurants if they are supporting a tip allocation and the need to have that for appropriate reporting for TEFRA. Uh, for any employee that's been on disability, there's uh, third-party sick pay insurance benefits that are paid from an insurance company to the employee. That has a tax implication if you want to, uh, to get into the W-2. And then there's both taxable cash and non-cash fringe benefits as an example. The, probably the most specific one is for personal use of a company car. Uh, and then you throw in mileage if it's taxable, et cetera. All of those are reporting scenarios that need to make it into uh, the W-2. Uh, so you need to make sure that you've got a really refined process to have entered that data, validated that data, and then get it in by the 31st of December. I was going to say, I, I think that's so great. And I know at the end of this, you'll be sharing a checklist for any of the, the listeners. They can connect with paychecks and actually have a checklist to go through these things. Um, do you have any recommendations? I know a lot of times people wind up, especially in maybe smaller mid-sized businesses where they're in this role for the first time. If they feel like they're hearing all of these things, right, that we're talking about in terms of making sure they're prepared for their, you know, both verification and reporting. What if they feel like right, right out of the gate, they know they're going to have some issues. What's, what's some just recommendations or next steps they can do? Um, is it to reach out to to you, to someone at Paychecks to start that process? Is it too late for them to get started on that if they feel like they're behind? What's the best way for them to proceed if they, they just feel like they're already unprepared? Yeah, when I speak to HR professionals and payroll functionaries, if they're going it alone, meaning that they're using a, a third-party software and attempting to keep this current themselves, then yeah, reach out to a provider like us and we will help you along the way. You can still uh, leverage a piece of uh, technology. For us, it's Paychex Flex, a standalone application. You can do that, but you will have the support and the guidance that Paychex provides, the overarching support of compliance analysts and legal teams, et cetera. So yes, you can do that. My, my number one recommendation would be start immediately and stay calm because you'd think that with a couple of weeks left in, uh, in calendar 20, that it, it would be impossible to get yourself whole and nothing could be further than the truth. We see a lot of people that change providers at the end of December and prepare to start the, the new calendar year fresh. And we see as many uh, that decide to do that, that say, look, can you load me for the full calendar year? And can you help me get to my W-2s and my 1099s? And we, we can do that in a matter of days. So it's never too late uh, to get started. We can work our way through that with you. Uh, and if you're using another provider, then leverage their service organization. Uh, go to them, figure out what checklist they have, what is their process. If they haven't communicated it to you, go and request it formally. And again, you're gonna, we're going to provide you with the checklist so you can actually leverage that uh, as well. But obviously, uh, selfishly, I would love to see them all with paychecks and I would love to serve them all. So I'll say that very candidly as well. Thank you, Tom. Uh, that's really interesting uh, as well. I didn't, hadn't really thought about the idea of, hey, I'm going to switch, switching payroll providers or any kind of service provider at year end is very common. I hadn't really yeah. thought of the scenario where, hey, I want my new provider to help me 
kind of close out the year that I ran through on my prior provider, but that's a really, really important point. Uh, thank you for bringing that up. Tom, uh, we, talked about, we talked about verification of data, talked a little bit about reporting, how to figure out what reporting you need to do and how to get yeah. some assistance in, in compiling that reporting. Uh, the, third, the third item was uh, informing employees of important information yeah. that they need to know for year end and year begin. Now we all know about W-2s and when they need to go out, et cetera, but what are some of the other things uh, that uh, payroll and HR professionals need to have in mind uh, when it comes to keeping their employees informed uh, of what they need to know? I'd say benefits is probably at the top of that list, Steve. So uh, many companies create their benefit uh, plans as a calendar year plan, both for um, health insurance, but also your time off. Uh, time off has become one of the most complicated benefits to manage through COVID with all the different regulatory uh, rules that came into play in 2020. But out of the gate, uh, making sure that your employees understand, do they have carryover rules for their vacation, sick time, personal time, or are they cut off? Meaning if you don't use it, you lose it. Uh, and we, I think everyone uh, that's listening has probably lived through COVID with probably less traditional time off in 20 than at any time in our careers. I certainly can say that for myself. There was nowhere to go. Uh, so I didn't use much vacation. Um, and uh, the vacation that I did use was to uh, allow me the time to um, take care of some family members that needed me. So it's a very unique year. But benefits is the, is the key, Steve. Understanding vacation yeah. sick or personal leave. But then you start to look at specific benefits like a flexible spending account. And they have two flavors. You've got a medical uh, flexible spending account, but you also have a dependent care uh, flexible spending account. Uh, also something that's been up in arms for, from 2020 as daycares were closed, uh, people brought their uh, children in-house or were um, really directed to bring them in-house when uh, we were locked down for so long. So understanding whether you've got a carryover on your FSA, it's different by plan, plans are different and, and set up differently. So having the employer and the HR professional be able to provide that information to the employee so he or she can maximize the value of their benefits. Uh, and then understanding if you've got any leeway, sometimes you can make a call and say, we're going to modify our vacation policy because it's ours to make the decision on, meaning we're gonna let you carry over X amount. Uh, not as easy uh, with an FSA since that's government mandated. But that's the informing and really making sure that the employee knows what's the implications of the benefit plans that they are taking advantage of. You know what? I'm so glad you, you mentioned all of those actually, but especially the, the flexible spending accounts and the dependent care accounts, because I think too, when I think of it, obviously from a, um, a leadership standpoint, it's very, you know, it's a compliance thing. You need to do this, right? But also when you think about as a way to build a really positive culture in your, um, in your workforce, especially with maybe some, some remote workers or all your workers remote. I think that's another way to show that caring, that concern um, that people don't like, don't wait for them to come ask you. Don't wait for them to be panicked that they have to somehow use up the remainder of an FSA, for example, um, before the end of the calendar year, because I think that will cause stress on your employees. So again, it's not yeah. just a way to sort of meet your, uh, your regulations and compliance, it's also a way to really just be helpful at this time of year, again, where people might not be thinking of it just yet. I don't yeah. know about you two, but I, there have been plenty of employers where I worked in the last you know, week or two, I'm like at the drugstore trying to buy as much medication as I can to use it up, right? So <clears throat> yeah. um, I, I think I, it's, you know, 
be proactive by thinking about it now. And I think your employees will appreciate it. I was, uh, you know, locked in all weekend on European soccer on television, I must admit. But during commercial breaks, I must have saw three or four commercial breaks about, hey, use up your money in your account. Go get your eyes examined. Get some new glasses, right? All oh, that stuff, good. Right, nice. which goes on, right, in this time of year. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's it. Yep. Yeah. Tom, I want to talk a little bit about uh, kind of the rollover into 2021 and some move forward stuff. And yeah. I know we also wanted to talk about a couple specific uh, COVID related uh, mm-hmm. opportunities and or challenges for HR and payroll professionals as well. What are, what are some of the things uh, HR and payroll pros need to really be considering as we say, okay, I'm, I've, I figured out my, uh, you know, verified my data. I've got my reporting under control. I've, I've, I've let employees know what they need to know. Hey, I've got now, hey, year end all of a sudden also means the year begins. So what are some of the things on the radar for the beginning of the year in 2021 that we want HR and payroll pros to be thinking about? Yeah, the most beautiful uh, part of starting a new year is you can start fresh in so many different ways, but that includes payroll. And you're starting from a clean sheet of paper. Zero wages have been paid. Your benefits are now clean. If you had any issues at all in terms of tracking 2021, starting the first uh, payroll in 2021 gives you the opportunity to really uh, clean the slate and start fresh. That's a beautiful part of, of being part of a payroll organization. I take, I take um, solace in that. <laughs> With that said, uh, there's a lot that's changing. Uh, to start in January. So there are 20 states that are introducing new minimum wages. Uh, and there are some big states like California and Florida, Florida, uh, Illinois, Missouri, and several, obviously 14, 16 others. Uh, so making sure, especially if you are a multi-state employer, that your employees are appropriately set up uh, if they're uh, requiring modifications for minimum wage, And then working with your accounting or CPA partners to understand the ramifications of that on your business. Uh, Second is your your benefit information. So again, a lot of employers have uh, new benefit plans that take effect with the first payroll of a new year. Is that information loaded in appropriately? Do you have the appropriate amounts calculated for the employee and do you understand the employer portions of those benefits? And do you understand that from both a budgeting perspective and the pure calculation for payroll. Uh, The time off and time off accruals, uh, a real theme for me, second time around on this one. Understanding how to get that information carried over, and there's so many uh, federal and state uh, legislative changes on this time off accrual starting uh, as a result of COVID and understanding the implications of that uh, with certain jurisdictions that are requiring uh, paid leave Uh, paid family leave, et cetera. So that's a complicated one to really keep your arms around. Then if you switch to more of the HR piece of payroll, the handbook updates. So uh, starting a new calendar year, new information, new minimum wages, uh, that handbook to me is the foundation of really running your HR department, always has been. It's the rules and regulations, it's the um, guidelines and uh, behaviors that drive the business. It's the, it sets the tone and the theme of the whole organization. What changes are required there? Is there anything post-COVID that you want to update? So getting that clean gives you an opportunity at a new breaking point to say, these are the new rules kind of heading into 2021 for lack of a better term. And then obviously labor posters. So if there's anything in your particular geography uh, that requires all the employees to have immediate access to, get that up in the appropriate places, but also think about the fact that most of us are working with a distributed workforce. 
How are you going to get the handbook information to them? How are you going to get the labor poster information to them and keep them informed? Uh, stealing Trisha's words, this is the opportunity to either be proactive or reactive. And on this one, you really want to be proactive since there's a lot of ramifications of not being proactive. Yeah. So those are probably the top uh, four to five, Steve, mm -hmm. that come That's to mind immediately for me. Yeah, I just have one comment on the minimum wage one too, which uh, is, I was reading, I, I can't remember which big, it might have been Starbucks, um, I think it was maybe. It's not just that they, you know, obviously you have a statutory requirement to pay at a minimum, right, in certain, certain states, even localities, et cetera, right? There's a federal one, which is obviously super low. That's a conversation for another day. But like uh, their philosophy, and I'm sure other companies have it as well, is, hey, we're going to pay X, X premium over the prevailing minimum wage. That's yes. our philosophy. That's our, our strategy, our compensation philosophy. So again, you're not really adjusting for statutory reasons or legal reasons, but you're adjusting for, hey, this is just our policy as a company and our position as a company and understanding yeah. that too, because it's, it's not something you'd be forced to do, but you, you're, you want to do it as a matter of principle or as policy, and you'll have to get that straight as well. Yeah, I think that's a great point, Stephen. As we look at what I think HR professionals are going to be challenged with here in 21 and certainly as we hit to 22, um, I'm hopeful that the economy will pick back up and we'll continue to see strong signs and growth once we get uh, the vaccine in place and can get back to some sense of normalcy. That's my hope. That's Tom Hammond's hope. I hope yeah. I'm sure everyone shares that. When that said, I think we might, if that happens, get right back to a place where uh, we're going to need to protect our top talent as always. And what are we doing to differentiate ourselves as employers from everyone that's on the same street? Or now that same street is a virtual street across the United States and beyond. So yeah, um, yeah. that's a really good, important, I think, element that's going to hit us uh, from a compensation perspective. So. Yeah, we just we're heavy. We just did a deep dive into some of these topics uh, a couple of shows ago, Trish, right, with uh, Kent Plunkett from Salary.com, when we were talking about really yep. big trends in compensation and um, kind of philosophy around compensation and communication around it too. So yeah, it's uh, it's super important. Uh, Tom, the last thing I think we wanted to cover just a little bit of uh, while we have you is uh, COVID nineteen reporting. Yeah. and related requirements that are uh, been put onto organizations, whether it's tax credits or CARES Act reporting, et cetera. I'd love yeah. for you to comment a little bit about that and also maybe share uh, some of the great resources that Paychex has made available to the community around, around those topics. I sure will. Uh, three things I would say around the COVID impact to year end and the start of 2021. So uh, between the CARES Act and the Family First Act, there was a significant amount of legislation that went into effect in 20 but will have an impact into 21 and beyond. So the first is the employee retention credits. So uh, for those that forgot, the uh, employee retention credits were under the CARES Act, and that allowed the employer uh, who continued to pay uh, their staff uh, through the pandemic, they could take uh, a 50% credit up to $10,000 in wages paid. So you get a $5,000 tax credit for retaining employees, even though you had a, a wide sweeping impact uh, through COVID. Uh, some folks choose, chose that versus the PPP loan. Uh, what's important about that is making sure that the appropriate amounts have been cataloged in payroll, that you have an understanding of what you have available to credits, and then what payroll data are you going to need to provide uh, to your accountant and CPA to actually take advantage of those credits. And then two deferrals. So uh, the employer social security tax deferral uh, allowed a business to calculate the tax, but withhold the payment of their portion, the employer's portion of social security until 21, 
and 22. But from a budgeting perspective, you're going to need to understand what did you defer in calendar year 20, as 50% of it will be due the 31st of December of 21, and the remaining 50% will be due the 31st of December of 22. Wow. So making sure you have the payroll data and the history reports to actually back that up, uh, because it's been a, you're going to be talking about uh, a couple of years later when you're paying uh, Social Security tax. And who knows what that will lead to from a uh, from an auditing perspective. Right. And then, um, although I don't think it had a significant amount of use, we had the employee deferral of Social Security tax uh, from the presidential memorandum. And what's important for employers and HR and payroll professionals to understand about that is that deferral of the employee's portion of Social Security tax is due at the end of April of calendar 21. And what most uh, might not know is that if an employee deferred their taxes but is no longer on your payroll, it's up to the employer to actually go back to that employee and recoup those funds. And if they can't recoup them, then it's up to the employer to actually pay it themselves. So in some semblance of this, if you can't find the employee, <laughs> uh, you're on the hook for their portion, 6.2%, their portion of the employee social security tax. So getting at, that's one where it kind of ties back to the verifying the addresses, the telephone numbers, right. et cetera, of your employees, and then having a plan to go after this. So that's really going to add some complexity to not only 21, but into 22 for the employer social security tax deferral. So um, I'll end, Steve, by just saying paychecks.com has put together a very comprehensive COVID site. Mm -hmm. And there are return to work uh, modifications that are introduced. There's tax information that's introduced every single day, sometimes multiple times per day. And you can uh, get to that through paychecks.com and then click on the resources button in the upper uh, bar and you can go to coronavirus help center. So all of that COVID detail is there. Uh, personally, I think it's the most comprehensive uh, COVID site that I have seen and I've been looking for others across the industry uh, since um, April and May. And then the checklist that you referred to are on paychecks.com backslash works, W-O-R-X. So paychecks.com backslash works. It's a year-end payroll checklist and a year-end HR compliance checklist that you have access to. And then last but not least, if you really want just a formal, um, let me see the most simplistic form, uh, go to paychecks.me forward slash year-end dash checklist 2020. Mm -hmm. Paychecks, P-A-Y-X dot me forward slash year end dash checklist 2020. And you can um, pull that data. That's the simple one that I looked at, Tom. And I tell you, that was even complicated for me. <laughs> so, Thank you, Steve. God bless all the payroll uh, and HR professionals who have to work their way through it this year. No it's it's going to be tough. Sure yeah. Is. You know what? I, I'm like chomping at the bit because in the last section and then in this section, all the things you're sort of advising about the changes in my HR brain, I was thinking, you know, these, some of those things were in existence when I was a practitioner. And I always found it as a really good developmental point for my teams, whether it was my payroll team or my HR team or both in some mixed up fashion, um, they can take that checklist and actually start assigning some of those very specific tasks to different people as development opportunities as well. So while it is uh, tedious and maybe a little bit overwhelming to Steve's point, looking at it all together on a checklist, I would say start divvying those tasks up, right? So have someone looking at those handbook updates, right? Um, assign it now. 
Um, for my other tip there though, is for every one you add in, try and take one away because <laughs> I think handbooks, handbooks always get a little out of hand, right? Over the years, if you just continue to add. So it's all, it's a, it's a good time to have your team help you check some of those things out. And also with the, uh, the minimum wage and, um, you know, flexible spending, all those things. I think, you know, your, your team members may not have a really strong connection, but yet they want to be developed. And this is a really good way to start pulling them in, right? If you have, if you're the person that gets to have the conversations about year end with your CFO, pick a manager or two, one, maybe a payroll manager and an HR manager to come in with you so that you're starting to train them. Because even if they don't wind up, you know, if you stay at your role, and they wind up leaving for another company, at least they'll be well-trained and well-prepared for how a year-end should go. And I think that's something that as leaders, we don't always do enough of, is sort of pulling back the covers and sharing with our own teams of, you know, some of these things are much less stressful if done together. So I love the checklist. Um, I didn't find it nearly as daunting as Steve, maybe because I've done Uh some of those or a lot of those in the past. Show off. But um, yeah, they're really (laughs) really helpful. So thank you to you and your team for pulling that together. It's a lot, but it's, it's good information. You're very welcome. Awesome. Well, this has been a great conversation. I'm glad we got to do this, Tom, for our second year in a row. Let's make this an annual thing. We'll meet back here next uh, December, hopefully uh, under much better circumstances, maybe like, uh, uh, you know, maybe we'll uh, in person even like over some some cocktails. That would be great. Let's plan on it. We'll have a real proper (laughs) HR happy hour. So um, we will put links to the resources that Tom discussed and the, uh, that are available to you guys out in the community uh, on the show notes as well. Everything is there. Paychecks.com will get you to all the details that you need. Uh, Trish, we also need to thank our friends at Work Human one last time as well. I probably have one more mood tracker check-in to do before the year's over. So I will get on top of that, but thanks to them as well. So, uh, all right, great stuff. Uh, So Tom, thank you again. Have a great rest of the year. Uh, Great set of holidays and a happy new year to you and all our friends at Paychecks. Same to you. Thank you guys both. Have a great holiday. You You too. All right, Trish, good stuff. So uh, I think that's it. Let's get out of here. So for Tom Hammond, our guest, for you, Trish McFarlane, my name's Steve Bowes. This has been the HR Happy Hour Show. Thank you so much for listening and bye for now.